Hello. <laughs> was it? Someone was a little late. Hello. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, we've started off wrong. We've started off giggling Don't and laughing. Leave again. It's gone bad already. Jim, it normally takes us half hour. Uh, I'm t- I'm wording, aren't I? Wait, I'm trying out my. Fuck off, Jim. <laughs> you fuck off. I'm wording out my house, Master Fucking can you fuck off? <laughs> you want to go? Yeah. And he ran the back of the pub now. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition. I'm Jim Sterling, and we're all fucking sober. That's I can't emphasize that enough. This is our sober. Imagine it when it gets bad. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling. This is Podquisition. I'm joined by Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you this week? I'm good. I'm in. I'm in a, 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 a rare form today. Good mood. Uh, knocked out two reviews recently. Um, Played the latest from the Slaughtering Grounds developer. That's fun. <laughs> uh, and Gavin, how are you? I am good, thank you. I'm uh, recovering, recovering from our terrible clapping there. <laughs> yes, we clap uh, to sync our voices and stuff, and it went disastrously as, several as times. Always, as but we're always. here now. It's like dealing. It's like dealing with two Lars Ulrichs. <laughs> uh, some, someone did a Ubisoft <laughs> and failed to release the the clap on time. And I think I'm <coughs> Gavin. Um, actually, my my clap was late, so it had plenty of time in which to form itself into a no, it didn't bug, exist. A it bug didn't free, release. bug free clap. The clap didn't <laughs> exist. <sighs> well, my clap has microtransactions. In order to hear another one, I need a dollar each. So Ooh. cough up. Uh, right, what the hell's going on today? I don't know what the hell's going on today. I have a thing to start with, though, because this is a thing. I met, like, nine people that, that are Podquisition fans in London this week. I have to say, you are very brave. Uh, <laughs> I don't... I, I get terrified when, like, two or three podcast listeners come up to me in public. I, like, I, I'm getting ready to fight someone. Apart from the one person who gave me um, a book to sign, and it was one of those... Books, I can't remember the name of it. The people, Animorphs. That was it. They gave me an Animorphs book sign and I burst out laughing. Um, but yes, you met actual Podquisition yeah, listeners. I, I met some actual Podquisition listeners. Um, I knew one of them, uh, uh, Chris Chris Bolch, or Chris Bolchy, who um, he's the developer of a little indie game called Americlap, and he said, Americlap, phone yeah. when my phone got stolen. He's, he's a very nice guy. I will obviously never review his stuff now because he was nice to me once. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I met him and then a load of other people and basically we went to a pub in the morning, got drunk in the pub, I ate some sweets and this is going to be like, there is a Finnish sweets section of this podcast because Finland makes the most shit awful sweets. I, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to those in a second. We went and had fast food. We sat and mocked some outside entertainers. We uh, we went and bought Link Amiibos for me to sign. It was a wondrous day. But, uh, yeah, I, I got very drunk in the middle of the day and was introduced to the world of sweets from Finland, Finnish candies and whatever you want to call them. So I'm going to talk about two of them, and both of these I had when I was very, very drunk already. So... The first one is called Lijona, Lijona, ew, and it is small, black, hard. They they look like fruit pastels that have been left out in the sun to dry, but they're like small and black, and they taste 
Like, I was told to expect them to taste like tar. They taste like the smell of, like, deep heat cream or, like, nappy cream. They taste like the smell of that. And it's weird, and I don't understand why you would make that a flavour of a thing you ingest into yourself. Absolutely disgusting. So so to get get the taste of that out of my mouth, I was offered (laughs) salmiaki, which are, like, large black discs that look like... They look like discs of licorice. And they kind of taste like licorice if you salted licorice, like coated licorice, in super salty Play Doh. Oh, that's a vivid image. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why either of these things exist, but I was drunk and I was made to eat both of them and I was not happy about that. (laughs) Well, that's a shame. So yeah, other than that, we went to, we went to Ham, Ham, Hamley's, the, the big toy shop in London. Um, I, signed an, I signed a link pissing out the arse amiibo for someone, um, had some food. We mocked the fact that there seems to be, like, London has a new thing where all of the street entertainers have got, like, this heavy metal plate with a pole coming out of it. And then the pole, like, leads to, like, a metal seat they can sit on. And then they cover it all with cloaks and things, so it looks like, oh, it's an old man sitting on an invisible bench. And all sorts of weird things like that. So it's all various, like, it was, there was a Freddy Krueger who'd spray-painted himself gold and was floating off the ground. And six-foot-tall Yoda that was floating off the ground. An old man on an invisible bench floating off the ground. I hate it when London has ideas. Yeah, London's weird. And then, yeah, I went home and... Surprisingly, all of the Podquisition listeners I met were really nice people who were very friendly and respectful and lovely. So everyone that was at the the meet in London, you were all really nice. You gave me a really good impression and you weren't nearly as scary as you you led me to believe you might be. That's how they they get you. Guys, do you mind if we do another clap? Sorry, because for some reason my uh, thing decided to stop recording there. (sighs) Oh, Gavin... It's not my Three. fault. It's my, my fucking music software has been acting really, really fucking annoying all day long. Okay. We'll, we'll do this now then. Okay. Because Three, I was quiet two, for that whole part, so it should be fine. Okay. Stop talking and do the part. <laughs> did, right. did, did we catch any... Did you, do you still have your bit from the beginning saved, or do we need to start this fucking thing over? Uh, uh, hang on there now. I still have... Right now... Do you have the bit where you say hello? Oh my god, what is going on with my fucking music here? Gavin, if we don't have it, I'm just going to edit it in from another episode, so we're going to do this. <laughs> Are you ready to record, Gavin? Yeah. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Okay, done. Alright, awesome. We'll, um, we'll, we'll blend in seamlessly. <clears throat> so yeah, that's so, how Podquisition yeah. fans get you. Like, they, they act all nice and, and fun, and then pretty soon they've got you, like, like trapped in a big white room where they are force-feeding you Brannigan's crisps. <laughs> well, you know, there could be worse things. As long as they keep, like, pouring alcohol down my face like they, like they did that day, I wouldn't be too upset. There could uh, be worse Yeah, things. that is true. Yeah, I mean, just, just there, drowning there, in booze and Brannigans is not a bad yeah, way to go. There, there are worse things than turning up to a pub and not having to buy a single drink in the time it takes you to get really, really drunk because people keep buying mm-hmm. them. There are worse things. Yeah. You're all lovely. Yeah. Hooray. Thank you all for being nice and not being creepy, creepy people. 
So, so yeah. that's good. That was yeah. good. Mm. Well, I have to say, any time I've ever met anyone at cons or things like that, it's always, it's always been lovely people. I've never really encountered anyone creepy or weird. Yeah, yeah. I've um, I met one guy who was a bit off. He um just walked up to me, and this was a Dragon Con. It was kind of quite recent, like a few months ago. He just sidles up to me, like eyes half closed, just just studying me with this shrewd little look on his face, and he's just, excuse me, may I take a photograph of you? And I, I'm like, okay. Not, not with me or anything, it was of you. So I just, you know, give him like a, a an awkward smile uh, and everything. He holds up his phone, takes the photo, looks at me and goes, thank you. I like some of your stuff. And then he just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so what, what have we actually done this week? Um, I... Uh, what have we done? I've done a thing this week. I played Fibbage for the first time this week. Fibbage. Now, that always sounds like some sort of murky sex act. It does a little tiny bit, but it's not, surprisingly. It it might contain them if players choose to make that the case, but, um, yeah, it's a game that you you have on your PC and it will be like a fill-in-the-blank question and you've got to sort of make up fake answers whoever's playing has to type fake answers in on their phone and they all show up on the computer screen and then you've got to vote for the one that you think is either the real answer or the one where someone wrote something hilarious and it's all sorts of fun and laughs except i i played this with my with my um early access fiance a friend of mine and my early access fiance's younger sister and the younger sister's 11 she was absolutely foul-mouthed. Like, we started off, we started off polite as anything, being like, there's an 11-year-old in the room, let's, let's be quiet and respectful. And then I think the moment was, like, she starts giggling uncontrollably, and we're not sure why. And then the, the, all the, the responses come up on the screen, and one of the responses is Mr. Dildo. And we just had this moment of, okay, so who did that? That's the most fucked up Mr. Man character ever. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, this was we just looked around and we realised it was her and from there it just got worse. She was talking about giant what was it, giant gold gorilla cocks and Jesus. various very weird things. <laughs> to be fair, dildo get... is kind of a funny sounding word. I would it probably is a funny Google it that word too. Yeah. You can't take it seriously. Like I can't imagine, like halfway through the act of coitus, yeah. and you tell your you tell your partner, like, "Oh yeah, shove a dildo up me." It's like kind of takes me out the mood. I mean, it sounds like you know the way there's Lego and Duplo and dildo. Mm-hmm. Oh god, yeah. Okay, so the question was like, someone took too many steroids and started growing blank out of their hair. She was talking about Lindsay Lohan's coke. Like bags uh, of Lindsay Lohan's coke. I was like, "You're 11. How do you know this? How are she these knows more in about mind? she knows more about modern day pop culture than I do. I can tell that much." Well, that's not um, saying much, Jim. Well, that is true. Uh, if it, anything, anything that came after Saved by the Bell, the college years, I don't fucking know it. Um, I, I start anything, my YouTube videos after off after Millie with, Vanilli. Yeah, yeah. Um, I start my YouTube videos off with contrived insults. Um, 
sort of, you know, hello, you milky foreskin growths, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really sounds like I need to get, I need to play fibbage with, um, with your 11-year-old friend there so that I can get some ideas for that. Um, old gorilla balls yeah, or whatever it was. That's gorilla cocks. Giant gold gorilla cogs, like that's golden. They're right there. I always wondered how long it takes you every week to come up with those names. Alarmingly, not very long. Like (laughs) in the minute I'm setting up, like I've got one. Those are the best ones. The ones where it's like halfway through saying it, you think, "Ah, I don't know what word goes next," and just blurt something out. That's. I think that's how it's got to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, Uh, Jim. Did you? Mm. I think you might have played a game that I played this week, oh. which was um, where's the one Kirby? Kirby, there's a new Kirby game. My Kirby. Kirby. Uh, yes. Kirby. Kirby. Uh, I need a monster to club at it, dear Kirby. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yes, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Do 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 do. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. is about Kirby as a little ball. It's it's a little pink ball made out of clay that very happily rolls around the world and everything's happy and sunshine and rainbows and the world is great and nothing bad happens because Kirby. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that's the best assessment of every Kirby game. Yeah, it's, it's every Kirby game except this time it looks like it's made of clay and it still looks adorable. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I opened, because I, I reviewed it for the com on the internet. Oh, and, self-promotion. Ooh. Ooh, uh, shameless. And I pointed out that, like, I think a lot of people have pointed it out, and it's not particularly um, uh, dramatic to say so, that it really is a tragedy that is that the game is as gorgeous as it is because you are forced mm. to look at the Wii U gamepad the whole time. And on the TV screen, like it looks amazing on an HD TV. Yeah. Like, the... the the authentic sort of clay-like animations, the detail, like little thumbprint, um, sort of fingernail prints and stuff, indents in the the clay and smudges in the environments and just the clash of colour. And it's so good looking on an HDTV, but you can't, you can only look up for a second or two before you've got to have mm. eyes back down on the gamepad to draw little lines for Kirby to roll on and stuff. And it really shows you just how washed out and, and, and poor quality the gamepad's uh, screen is because... It's painful looking up and seeing this wonderful, um, this wonderful visual style, and then having to go back down to this greyer um, world where the details aren't as evident and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's only my, that's my one big complaint. The rest of it, I, I adore the fucking well, thing. That, that's the thing. Is like I was a huge, huge fan of Kirby and the Canvas Curse on the DS when it came out, and mm-hmm. there, like the difference between this, uh, between the DS one and the Wii U version is that on the Wii U version, you know that there are better graphics just out of reach. And mm-hmm. that they're just out of sight. Like, on the DS one, it's like, okay, this is on the DS, and that's, you know, you know that the graphics are what they are. But here it's like, I know if I could just look up, this would look so much nicer, but I, I can't. Like, there were times I was trying to look at the at the TV while touching the touchscreen, being like, can I get that right enough? No, no, I couldn't. It's not going to work. Because, it's basically... Uh, it's basically like you're on a couch with someone and they've got a plate on their lap and they've got like bacon stuffed turkey and you're sat next to them with a bag of frazzles. Like, <laughs> it's. You, frazzles are good. You're having a fun time with the frazzles, but you can smell the fucking turkey bacon. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the same thing, but better. And yeah. if, it, if the better version wasn't right next to me, I'd be fine with what I had. I'd be fine with my frazzles. 
It's not until I'm next to the actual bacon and I go, oh, frazzles are kind of shit by comparison, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. They're, they're no bacon. This is, this is the life of being a PC gamer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh. you, if, if you can't get to Ultra, you're always really like, God damn it, it's just out of reach. You do feel really sad. Like, like, like yeah. cripplingly sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be worse. At least there's not someone sat about 75 degrees behind you on one side who is playing it in Ultra. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, I could, if, if I could just look over there, I could see it in Ultra, but, but I have to look at it in not Ultra over here. Did you and guys see um, Did you guys see Critical Miss this week about the PC gamers and about how um, we go crazy when it drops one frame? <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, that, I get it, PC so, for the flawless so performance and all these <laughs> things, and it's so much better. <gasps> one frame. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, PC gamers, they sometimes get angry about stuff. Yeah. Even whatever rock albums can Yeah. I'm actually going to take that, that, that killer punchline for my stand-up, my whirlwind stand-up comedy tour. Do you ever notice how PC gamers sometimes care about PC games? Round of applause, key to the city, thank you. Um, yeah, so Kirby, good stuff. Good well, stuff, I thought it was there's, great. There's also the problem with the Amiibo, um, in, like... Oh, additions yeah. to it being a bit useless. Like a lot of Amiibo stuff. Yeah, well, again, it goes back to this thing where they've got this... I, I, the, the concept of Amiibo is really cool, really oh. fun. And then Nintendo seems to take active steps to make it less good. Mm. Um, in, in, in Kirby's Can- Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, you can scan the DDD, the Kirby, and the Meta Knight Amiibos uh, on the thing, and they change the way Kirby looks a little bit, and he gets an extra little ability. You know, you tap on Kirby mm. and he dashes forward, and that dash changes if you use another Amiibo. Um, interesting, except for the fact that you, if you die in a level, or you beat the level, um, the ability goes, and then you can't use that Amiibo again for the rest of the fucking day. Yeah. At, at, at the best, the best possible case, you can get three levels out of your three amiibo ah. in one day. And right, it's like, yeah. Well, uh, that's like your best case scenario. Like, if I could have tapped an amiibo on there and played through the whole rest of the game as a different form of Kirby, that would have been really cool. Yeah, like, Whereas I don't even care about the extra abilities, because they're dog shit. Mm. Um, it's just if appearances. It, yeah, even if I just tapped the Meta Knight thing on the gamepad and Kirby has Meta Knight's mask for like, mm. you know, what for the rest of the session. That's cool. But yeah. it, it's such a Nintendo thing that once you've used them, you can't use them for a day. Hyrule Warriors does that. You can only scan five amiibo in a day. It should be and- more like uh, it should be more like Mario Kart where Mario Kart you tap your amiibo on on the gamepad and You've now unlocked a costume forever. If you want to use that costume, it's now an option. Yeah, right. you just you know that amiibo there next time or not. You know that scene in the Matrix where they meet the architect, and he's all like talking complete and utter gobbledygook, and they're all and you watch it and you're like, ergo what? That's pretty much how mm-hmm. I feel now when you're talking about these amigo- amiibos. <laughs> I'm like, what yeah. the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Uh, you don't even need, you don't need to care because they don't do anything worthwhile. Yeah, pretty much. They're I mean, not, I'm still not... so bitter about the Hyrule Warriors one. Like, you scan an amiibo in Hyrule Warriors, you can get like an extra weapon or some materials or some rupees. Sometimes you scan an amiibo and you get one rupee. That, that's so it, one like physical, rupee. They're like physical DLC microtransactions, are they? Yeah. It's, 
Like, my, my amiibo are on my work desk, just to my left. I never use them. Like, they're in arm's reach of my gamepad, and I don't bother to use them, because it's just it's not even worth that much effort. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you guys ever find that with Xbox codes as well? If you buy a new game, and it, like, is giving you some... You get this little leaflet in the game, it's like, download the... And it's always a pack. And I hate that word, mm -hmm. pack. It's, I really hate that word. Download the special spirit pack or something. And you just never bother because you have to put in like a 20 character code. <laughs> like, nah, fuck yeah. that. Well, I liked it when they were talking about... Because you can use the Kinect to, to scan QR codes now. But I've never had cause to use it. Like, I had three cards once that had QR codes on them with games. First of all, the one for Crimson Dragon or whatever that shitty launch title was didn't work. Mm. I scanned it and it said it had already been scanned by someone in the world. So that was fucked up. Um, and since then, since launch, I've never been able to use it. I'm like, this is brilliant. I hate putting in 25 fucking characters to unlock a game or whatever. It's QR code all the way. The connect's up. It's watching me while I masturbate. It might as well be put to some use. And no. No. I've never had another QR code since. Pointless. Yeah, my connect became a paperweight the minute the patch came out. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, have, I have a story that um, I think is an important video game story for us to mention. And it does tie back into uh, to digital download codes and we'll get to that, like... Digital download codes are going to be the punchline, so you know the punchline's coming. You're just going to have to wait and see how it happens. Oh, so. this is like a Ross Noble performance. Oh, I know. I'm I'm like a proper comedian. Ooh. <laughs> it's not like I'm just shitting out words and hoping they make sense. Um, okay, so, drown us in your word, cack. <laughs> so, in the UK, we have like our big specialist games retailer is called Game, and they are releasing a very, 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 very expensive limited edition of Dying Light. And when I say very expensive, this is a quarter of a million pounds. What? So, do you want to know what you get for your quarter of a million pounds? For a quarter of a million pounds, I'm hoping a blowy from Brad Pitt, but... Mm. A pet zombie? Give me one second. I'm pulling up the list because I, okay. I want to make sure that I don't miss anything. So... It's a 24-hour trial of Xbox Live Gold. No, no, no. We're, we're not even. We're not even at that point yet. So. You get. You get to be a character in Peter Molyneux's next game. <laughs> okay, so for your quarter of a million Great British pounds, which is mm -hmm. for American folks, you get a fucking truck, don't you? An armored 300, truck. Three hundred, three hundred and eighty-six thousand dollars. Jesus. You get um, four steelbook copies of Dying Light. A custom-built zombie shelter house that'll be covered in barbed wire and stuff to zombie-proof it. That's an in-game house, right? Not an no, actual no, fucking no, house no, like actu it should no, be. No, an actual house. An actual, an actual house. house. Where? An actual custom-built zombie shelter house. They don't say where, but it will be a ha an actual house. <laughs> it's in the Ukraine somewhere. Like, yeah, it's, it's a house somewhere that has zombie-proof like barbed wire and stuff. They guarantee... That you will be zombie safe for ten years in this house. It's a genuine guarantee. They're like, we guarantee you will not be killed by zombies in the next ten years in this How house. How have I not heard of this? Oh. This is brilliant. Um, okay, you get zombie avoidance parkour lessons with Ampi Sound, whoever they are. I assume they're parkour people. Um, you get to... Oh, God, this is the best. You get to play a match of Be the Zombie mode with the developers, which they will let you win... 
so that you can have bragging rights to your friends that you beat the developers at the game. Like, you can pay to beat the developers and then tell people that you beat the developers even though they had to let you beat them because that's what the prize was. You know what the genuinely terrifying thing is? Is that there is somebody out there who has this kind of money that they're going to blow on it. You know what this is? Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced, because this isn't the first time, you know, there's been some obscenely expensive thing like this. What it is, is developers saying, how the hell can we get some of Notch's money? Because no, Notch will pay for this. You haven't even heard the best thing. This just oh, goes God. downhill. This goes downhill. So you get a trip to visit and party with the developers at Techland in Poland. Oh. You get, you get Dying Light branded night vision goggles. You get Dying Light branded adult diapers. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. It, it just says um, branded night vision goggles plus adult diapers for Dying Light's nighttime gameplay. Fan fucking fantastic. Okay. Um, two sets of headphones and a human sized uh, volatile figure. Oh, IGN's playing adverts in my ear. So you get you get a human sized figure of the volatile creature. Shut up, IGN. Um, you get your face skinned onto a Night Hunter character model. And there's one thing left that hasn't been said. There's something missing from this collection. Mm -hmm. What do you think you don't get for your quarter of a million pounds? A knight with the singer from L Seven. <laughs> no. Think back to where the punchline to this is. You don't get the season pass. <laughs> the steelbook editions don't have season passes in them. So you, you get you spend a quarter of a million pound on Dying Light, and you don't get season passes. <laughs> you don't get a season. That pass. That was that was a punchline well worth waiting for. That was good. I think I think I did quite well with building that. So uh, yeah, do you want to spend a quarter of a million pound on that, Jim? You know all that all that Patreon money you've got rolling around. You know what? I think I'm going to have to part, start putting tiers and rewards and all sorts of obscene things on my Patreon because I cannot earn that money fast enough. I genuinely want to know where the house is. Is it in mm -hmm. Ukraine? I, we, we, I'm, we're going to have to look. Should this I up. do some research? I think let's, we let's should do some research. Do some research. <laughs> I can't Molly look it up because house. if I if I click off my sound program today, it's going to stop. So I can't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm doing a Google search, seeing if Google knows the answer. Um, does it know? I wonder who. I mean, there is probably someone like some, some like, sheik in Saudi Arabia who has that kind of money, who's big into games, maybe. Well, I mean, there there are there are many rich people, and mm. Lord knows what they're doing with all the money. So someone will buy it. Like, I don't doubt it. Okay. Oh, okay, so I, I'm reading the press release to try and find out more about this house. Um, here is here is the, the, the house. It's £250,000. You get a house that is apocalypse-proofed, including barbed wire surround. Um, I'm scrolling further down trying to find anything else about this house. Um, it will... Uh, da, da, da. The centerpiece of this one-of-a-kind edition is a fortified zombie apocalypse-proofed house that will be built to order by the UK-based Tiger Log Cabins.
The house comes fully equipped with all live-in amenities and also includes an upper deck with vantage points and an escape hatch, arsenal storage for weaponry, and of course a living area with TV, Xbox One, and sound system. Um, yeah, so you get a house, it, it's basically you get a log cabin somewhere in the UK. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures. It doesn't look oh. like a house. Um, can I can I send you both an image? Sure. Well, he got a look well, at I can't okay, look at this, Okay, yeah, I will on. send this to Jim. Jim, can you describe the house on the right-hand side? Because it turns out that's what your house okay, is going to look like. Say, house on the right-hand Holy shit, it looks like a load of crap. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a... It looks like a boarded-up shelter. Yeah. With holes in it. I mean... That says safe and survivors on it. I mean, the the the, the side of it, the taller part, looks like, like a bit of a car park from Erith. Um... I, I don't think you can call that a house. No, no, it's it's a collection of structures. It's a collection of walls, maybe some steps. Yeah. Some rusty railings. I'm I'm more curious because obviously they've made it look. I guess they've tried to make it look like something that would be in dying light. I'm curious as to what it's like inside. Like that's the. Don't show me the yeah. exterior because you've obviously dressed that up. But looking at the exterior, I'm, I'm looking at the well. Looking at the bottom right, you can see that it's just like wood frame. Yeah. Like, there are bits where they haven't, like, done that up very well, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's like, a wooden frame that's maybe a house. But if it looked in... I'm looking at it now on it my look... phone. It's pretty yeah. shitty like, looking. <laughs> if that looked nice inside, maybe, but would you really want to bring, like, you, you, you go out to the, to the club or something, and you find a sexy man or woman that you want to bring home, would you really want to bring them back <laughs> to the zombie hut? <laughs> Don't worry, babe. If zombies attack tonight, you're going to be safe. I mean, to be fair, it does look like there's, something... There's a banner that says safe. It does look like something that would be called the fuck shack. Um, <laughs> I'd be scared to go on the second floor. It's like, hey, baby, you want to come back to my zombie shack? It's like, you just, just walk around the barbed wire, you'll be all right. I have a feeling if I ended up on the second floor of that fucking house, I would just go straight through the fucking floor. <laughs> I, I, am, I, I don't want to live in the zombie house. I'm just going to, you know, this might be controversial. I don't think this you know. is the actual house. No, I have been, like, I keep seeing articles that are like, yeah, that is actually what they're building. That looks, I mean, it's exactly like the buildings in the game. Well, that's what I thought until I saw this section on the right-hand side, the little strip where it's like, no, that is clearly they've just built some, like, wooden frame. They better hope, I mean, they say zombies up. can't get in, but they're assuming... You know, okay, their zombies can't get in, but I bet you the zombies from, like, 28 Days Later could get in. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I liked MCV's take on it, which is, like, they promise you a zombie-proof house. Technically, right now, all houses are zombie-proof. <laughs> that is true. Like, any house right now, you can probably safely guarantee will be zombie-proof for the next ten years. I'm worried about crabs. What, what if there comes a time when there are more crabs on the land... Not just in little rock pools by the beach, right? More crabs on the land than people, right? Where where does that house stand on that? Will the crabs get in and pinch me? The crabs will pick up the house as a team and take the house away into the sea. Looking at that house, I bet they don't even need a team. I bet two crabs between them could fucking lift that thing. (laughs) That balsa would... Joke. They they try they try to drag you to the sea, but like the whole thing is collapsed. <laughs> yeah. the they're like, oh, well, I guess I guess I guess they're dead. It, it's fine. We can still leave Two them. Two casualties of the crab war. Um, right. So that was fun.
Talking about loose structures that can't quite support what they've planned for. Uh, oh, Resident Evil Revelations 2 is a thing <sighs> that came out. And that's cynical. Like, it's the most cynical game I've played in a while. It shouldn't be episodic. I did not know until this week that it was episodic. And I was like, oh, why is it episodic? No apparent reason. Yeah, no reason it's at all. Just, it's just we're going to split it up. We're going to stick microtransactions all over the place. It's going to be everything that you hate about video games. Yeah. PC gamers <sighs> also didn't know that it um, didn't have the local comic... Uh, comic the local co-op that was promised uh in the lead-up in the lead-up they said oh yeah there's going to be offline co-op and stuff in the pc version and then it came out yesterday and just in tiny writing on the steam thing it was like no no that's not that's not in it no it was just a little joke yeah you know that thing (laughs) yeah kind of unacceptable um but yeah so like was it four episodes coming out six bucks each um the deal like the DLC bundle on Steam for this $6 episode one, um, to buy all the DLC in a bundle mm-hmm. is like $48 or something. Like, it's almost the yeah. full price of a game just to get, like, Albert Wesker and Hunk in raid mode and some costumes and maps and stuff. Not, and that's not including the premium fucking currency that's in it. Uh, like, it's... I think it's a decent enough game. I mean, it's very old-fashioned that it should have been on the 3DS, but... Yeah. Well, the, God, the, first, the first Resident Evil Re- Revelations was really good. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was make another one the same. If they didn't change anything, they'd have been fine. And for some reason, they're like... What oh. style of game is, is uh, Revelations? Is it a it's, shooter? It's, or? it's what they claim is like a blend between old school and newer ones. It's it's not really. It's, it, it's, uh, it's kind of Resident 4-ish, but still leaning towards your Resident Evil 5s and 6s. Mm. Um, but with some it's nice resi- atmosphere. Resi- yeah. It's maybe 4.5 on the Resident Evils. It's it's like Resident Evil 4 that's, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're, we're trying to get to where 5 got to in the action stakes. And... Uh... Yeah, it worked really... It was nice on the 3DS. When they put it on the yeah. Wii U, it's like, I can tell this was made for the 3DS. It feels awkward. Yeah. And you get that same feeling with this one that's come out, like, for PC, Xbox One, and PS4. You still feel... This This seems like it should have been on the 3DS. Well, um, had, this come out, had this come out today on 3DS, I'd have picked it up there, because, like... I've now got a second circle stick thing, my mm-hmm. little nub on my th- new 3DS. I'd have been that have been really good timing to release another shooter on the 3DS, but no, no, um, no. because no. they've got microtransactions to sell. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it's. I mean, I was happy that Barry Burton's back. That was fun, and the <laughs> combat's okay. And raid mode is, you know, it can be fun. It's got a nice faster pace to it. It's better than the fucking two hour or however long campaign uh, episode um, but yeah I'm, I'm just I was looking forward to I, that for a while because I've been yeah I I played episode one and I have no interest in playing the subsequent episodes and I didn't think that would be the case because the first revelations were so good yeah it was a poor first sell um, you can again it, it speaks to how arbitrary the decision to be episodic was because mm. there's no hook you know telltale yeah. Um, you know, by far the the sort of I guess 
codifier for current episodic gameplay structure. You know, episodes end with a hook. It's like, God, I can't wait to see it. The ending for this one, I won't give it away, but the ending for this one was more or less some sort of... Like, it felt like a lame twist in a creepypasta. You know, like one of those you were dead all along kind of things, or you were a skeleton. As, a, as opposed... As opposed to every other Resident Evil game. <laughs> yeah, but but it's, you the, feel the like ending, you should up your game if you're episodic. Yeah. The the ending of episode one felt thematically as if they just turned around and said, "There's a skeleton inside you right now." <laughs> yeah, like, that's that is my best comparison. Is <laughs> I don't mean to alarm you, but one of the skeletons is inside you. Yeah. One day I went and bought an NES cartridge, and then I took the NES cartridge home, and it turns out the NES cartridge was a ghost. The end. Um, so yeah, that was it. How many fucking Resident Evil games are there? There's, a, I mean, how many? There's like, there's like as many of them as like, I don't know, Bob Dylan records. There must be a. There are as many of them as there is the amount of pounds you need to buy a zombie-proof house from Techland. <laughs> oh goodness, I'm I'm gonna count because why not? We need something to fill up this bollocks show with. That is true. Um, <laughs> there are how many games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. Wow. There are twenty-six Resident Evil well, games. I don't even in in t- how many years? In twenty years. Gee, I don't even think there's that many Dynasty Warriors games. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> uh, Speak, you mentioned though you mentioned episodic stuff and telltale. Did either of you catch the telltale news this week? Yes. Oh, they're getting their own IP. Yeah, aren't Lionsgate, they? the people that make films and whatnot, are paying to mm. get Telltale to make original IP. And they're calling it mm. Super Shows. It's like, ah, oh, this new brand of interactive television. Ah. I mean it's only a matter of time before Didn't Lionsgate have something to do with that Power Rangers trailer that came out this week, or did they? Am I imagining Might things? Be imagining things. A lot. Uh, no, no, no. Um, mm. The the trailer that came out this week was a fan project that was like, "Please don't sue us, Lion Gate, because you're working on an actual official Power Rangers thing." Ah. So that's ah, how Lion Gate were involved okay. in that. That was but a no, fun was video. A really do- Everyone was yeah, really angry a- at it, but I was like, you know what? It's fun. It's. It, it was, was amazing. Yeah, it's an amazingly dark and depressing Power Rangers <laughs> reboot. That it's really violent and depressing and fantastic in that regard. Yeah, appar- apparently, the point was it was meant to be like a parody of bad fan films. Because all the time I was watching it, I was like, "Man, this is really comes across like a bad fan film." But apparently, it was meant to be a parody of them. But I didn't think it translated well, that very people, well. Yeah, it just I mean, it looks was, like a bad it fan was very film. Genuine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it is. Sometimes I can't remember who said it to me, but if you parody something too well, you just become the. I, thing I actually parody. read about isn't that. that isn't that Murph, Murphy's Law? Is it that if if you um, mimic something too well, it starts be, like um, I think. Your, I think it's Poe's law yeah. that satire, satire law, is, sorry, yeah. yeah, satire that's yeah, if, indistinguishable. If, yeah, if your satire is too good, yeah. it becomes indistinguishable from the real thing. Yeah, Murphy's law is like if you balance your phone oh. on your pint after eleven pints, it's going to yes. fall in. Oh, god, but what were you saying? Yeah, what do we think of this whole Telltale getting original IP thing? It was a matter of time before they'd start basing mm. um, games on TV shows that don't exist yet. Is there anything? I mean, is there any game that Telltale isn't doing? That's what I want to know. I mean, every 
It seems that every few minutes we've another announcement of Telltale getting another. I know. I'm honestly surprised game. they've kept the the quality. How many up. staff do they have? I know, like mm. like. Are they like a huge company because they release so much stuff? Well, they've, they've ramped up a bit in the last couple of years, but they're still a fairly small company, and it, it's kind of amazing how much they're putting out. But I think it helps yeah, that I, they've... And they do quality, think, yeah. quality stuff I mean, it well. helps that they they clearly have an engine in place that runs a lot of their stuff. Mm. Um, so a lot of the... I, and, and, of course, the, the video, the, the, the interactivity is, uh, you know, point and click and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's not like they're... Yeah. they're Designing huge levels with with these big complex combat sequences and stuff, uh, which probably cuts down yeah. on uh, some of the the more time intensive stuff, so they can focus more on the story. So they must just have like mm. you know quite a few very hardworking writers. <laughs> uh, Not to undo what you know the actual developers yeah. of the the gameplay stuff do, um, but I just I imagine they've set it up in place to where they can almost template what they do. And then tweak as needed. I would imagine um, I could be entirely wrong. I, I think you're right on the money there. And like, Lionsgate have put out some good some good films. They know what they're doing with script writing. I don't know how much creative input they are expecting to have on this new IP that they're getting Telltale to do. Because like, I know that they're injecting a lot of money into Telltale. I don't know what they're expecting to get back from that, other than like. Because I think, like, it's only a matter of time until we start seeing, like, the, the Hunger Games Telltale game and, I don't know, whatever. What, what other franchises do Liongate have? You know, I would, love, I would love to see Telltale tackle something that isn't violent or zombie-ish or bloodbath. I'd love to see them tackle an actual game just about people. Like, a story. Because they've got the chops to do the stories and the writing, and I'd love... Their games don't really lend themselves so much to action mm-hmm. and and so, gameplay so, stuff. So it'd be nice to see them have a game that does kind of just focus on day to day relationships. So, so, I think that could be really interesting. I'm guessing what you want is Life is Strange episode one, but without the mystic bullshit and the weird like Frenchness of the writing. I haven't played Life is Strange, like, so I wouldn't it, know. <laughs> it feels like a slightly cheap knockoff of a Telltale game, but it is very much like yeah. a high school drama. What you really want is for Telltale uh, yeah, no. to do EastEnders, a Telltale game. I would play EastEnders, the Telltale game. I trust they could make <laughs> it work. Imagine awesome. the dialogue options. <laughs> Leave it out, you slag. Mm. Well, imagine playing. Imagine having EastEnders and you can pick who gets killed. Mm. That would be amazing. <laughs> Pat Butcher will remember that. All of them. <laughs> Then again, EastEnders would be even more fucking grimdark than The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's already the Warhammer 40,000 of soap operas. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, Our American listeners now are like, what are they talking about? Them, yeah. It's hard to... I think BBC America shows EastEnders. I, I really... Like, I've had... And it's shameful, but I've had this bug up my ass to like want to re-watch old EastEnders episodes from like when I was younger and I used to watch it. Um, clips I see nowadays make it look like dog shit, which I think is part of, of growing up. Um, but I, I want to see like when Nick Cotton was in it, but I think he's in it now still, but he's really shit. But I, I've really oh, man, I, I hate when you watch something that you when you watch something you used to love and you realize it was dog shit. 
And it's funny because, uh, you know, like when you reach a certain age, you start mocking the things the teenagers are watching now. Like I was all like, oh, Dawson's Creek was so <laughs> shit and the OC was so shit. And then I went back recently and watched a, a couple of bits of my so-called life, which I loved as a teenager. And it was really bad. <laughs> and I was like, how dare I mock the OC when I used to watch this? <laughs> Then again, it did have Jared Leto and Claire Danes in it, so kind of double whammy of oh, there awesome there. Uh, I have some questions from the internet today. Yes, it is questions time. It is, it is time for the questions. Question time, time for questions. Yes, please. Woo. Okay, so first question is from the unofficial, not in any way official, don't blame Jim for any of what happens there, Jimquisition Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Tom Clothier, or Clothier, however you pronounce it, your silly, unpronounceable name. Tom. Lothier. The question is, um, why does illness always strike when you have time off work? And does this apply still once you're self-employed? So we all work from, we all work from home in some capacity. How do you feel about that whole thing of getting ill and stuff? Because I want to say it's the opposite when you work from home, that it's when you've, got work to do that you get ill that can be the case yeah it's like oh there's no work to do and i've got time off that's fine i've got stuff that's due oh i'm terribly ill now and my bed's just six foot away i could lie down i mean it sucks for me because um i uh you know i'm on a microphone or in front of a camera like once a day every day uh so any day is a bad day to be ill so you know it's it really doesn't matter when I'm ill or not. Um, and when I get ill, I get hit really bad. Uh, so mm. it, it, it always is a shame. But something similar, and again, this comes down to what we were talking about with Murphy's Law. Um, I had my first vacation last year for the first time in, I think, like six or seven years. Um, I went to um, Portland to visit a friend, and that's when I, I, I decided to get pneumonia. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was bad. It was, going, it was a really nice trip. Uh, I was hanging out with a friend, getting up to all sorts of fun shenanigans, uh, and then ended up on a mattress on the floor, um, shivering in a blanket like I was going cold turkey off heroin or something. Um, yeah, the, the plane trip back was not fun. Flying back with pneumonia is not something I recommend to anybody. Um, so that sucked. So that that was very much a time when I actually finally gave myself time off work, and 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 it went very badly. Well, that's that's the curse of stopping doing work for a second. It's like, oh no, you stopped like fighting forward at all moments. Yeah, the body's like, all those germs are gonna get in now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually something similar happened not too long ago. Because well, we're talking about when I booked that hotel room, um, got there and just my head just exploded with migraines and things where it was like, you finally calmed down, not so stressed. You're going to be in this room with the curtains drawn, feeling very sad. Uh, So otherwise it was a good trip and I actually really needed it and I highly recommend it to highly strong people who can't manage stress well. (laughs) It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last time I had no work to do, so... This doesn't really concern me. <laughs> I'm always working all the time, so. 
Yeah. Oh, Matty, I, yeah. I get, get getting sick is like yeah, just going to keep I, working through I, it. I get ill on the days when I have the most to do in, and like the days when there's lots of stuff to do after that day, where it's like I can't put it off because then everything will roll back. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, what other questions do we have? Um, Alexander Ogland wants to know. What would be the biggest advice you could give to someone or wish you'd been given in regards to becoming a public personality? I guess. Are we, are we public personalities at this point, I guess? Never agree? drink and tweet. Mm. <laughs> Never drink and Never tweet. Never tweet. Um, <laughs> um, there's, yeah. there's no shame in blocking Get a people. Twitter. <laughs> get a Twitter and, like... Promote your stuff on it, but never express an opinion about anything ever on it. Block early and block often. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your life will really? be so much easier. I've never blocked, like, I think I've only ever blocked, like, one or two people. I mute and block so many people. I apologise if I've wow. ever done that to you, but at the first sign of... No, we're not you gonna haven't. G- at the first <laughs> sign of we're not going to get along, it's like, right, don't need to see your tweets at the moment. I mean, I, I've talked all, like, before that I don't even have a reply column on, on my Twitter app mm. that I use. I just, I don't look at notifications. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I may look at replies on individual tweets if I want some quick yeah. feedback on, like, a link that I've just posted, you know, an article I've just posted or something. Um, but otherwise, I generally don't have it because and and the stress reduction you know i mentioned i i already struggle with stress management and and anxieties and all this kind of stuff um and the reduction yeah. was palpable like it was very like very easy to um feel um once that uh, it was like pulling a thorn um so that that's a big mm. part of it managing how you deal with social media not not just with how you conduct yourself but also how you let it affect you uh, is a yes. huge huge mm. thing that needs to be done it's it's something that you need to learn early. Like there is, um, once you reach like, for me it was about five thousand followers. I started to really notice the difference of, there are a lot of people who are all shouting at once, and you've got to learn what your line is to be able to sort of like manage surviving just the onslaught of voices. And it's not all bad voices, but there's just a lot of voices always there. And it's just how we, you've got to work out what works for you to be able to keep getting through stuff, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think as well an important thing is to um, to listen to the public in certain situations and to, to find that balance between listening to constructive criticism mm-hmm. and ignoring the, the criticism yeah. that's wasting your time. There's nothing wrong with people disagreeing with you. However, just be like, yeah. okay, is this person constructively disagreeing with me? Or are they just shouting at me, telling me I'm oh, shit once a day? And here's here's a big one. And this is something I learned recently. If a lot of people are shouting at you because you fucked up, take, uh, take an hour away mm. before you respond and say anything. Because sometimes when you're backed into a corner, you can respond in an emotional way that you make it worse. Mm-hmm. Mm. So think, if you ever get yeah. yourself in trouble... And people are shouting at you, take an hour away before you respond and just calm calm down and clear your head and think about maybe I was in the wrong there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's have a look. Yeah. I'm just saying, do we have any other questions that have any kind of point to them? Um, someone's just pointed something out to me that I'm kind of intrigued by that's not a question as such. But, you know, those um, those Skull Kid statues that Nintendo was sending out to, with, like, Majora's Mask pre-orders and things. Yeah. 
There's a load of people who haven't been receiving them, and apparently they've been turning up with just random people who didn't buy Majora's Mask. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I'm getting tweets from people, and like, multiple people have done it in response to my quest- uh, the call for questions, being like, Oh yeah, I never bought Majora's Mask, and I got sent one. Do you think that Nintendo has a reason to send tiny toys to people? <laughs> I think, I think, you know what this is? This is Reggie Strikes Again. He's been, this is everyone who's like, you know, this is what happened now. Laura, you're, you're, um, you're, what was it you ordered? My, my, a 3DS? Was on it, was on its way to one of those people. That's what happened. I'm telling well, you. Uh, my bet now is that's why I didn't get my, um, my little skull kid statue is because he's like, fine, if she's gonna insist that I give her that 3DS, I'm not giving her the skull kid. And he just threw it in a post box and scribbled on it and hoped it got to something. <laughs> so, Kai Jackson, you've got my, my my thing. Reggie gave it to you. Give it back to me. Fuck you. One of those skull kids says she's so fucking bad. So, do we have any other questions of that aren't terrible? <laughs> I love doing the questions. The questions are my favourite part. The questions are the bit where it's like, okay, just got to find the stuff that's not shit. Because there's no, there's not really any gaming news in uh, February, is there? Yeah, oh, Ga- Grand Theft Auto's been uh, delayed again on PC. Well, that's hardly news, is oh. it? That's just expected. Well, yeah. the news is that they didn't try again. and deny it this yeah. time when it happened. Yeah. They didn't say it's not being delayed. Oh, wait, it's delayed. I bet they thought so. to themselves, they're like, can we? Can we just, like, it would be funny if we just denied it again. Oh. Oh, Gavin. You know, if it comes out, if it comes out now, horribly optimized, can you imagine the rage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Gavin, you you played a game yes. this week. While I find questions, talk about the game you finished. Oh, I finished uh, Assassin's Creed. Hey. Was, it, was it shit? Your 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 favorite game. Was it shit? Um, completely honestly, now that it's all patched up and now that I have a monster PC, it was my favorite one since Assassin's Creed Did 2. Did you? I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna cut the rest of that out so you just say completely. <laughs> Gavin, I've got a quick question for you regarding that game. Do you yes. feel yes. that you have completed Assassin's yep. Creed Unity before Ubisoft? <laughs> it's the way I tell them. Um, you know, I, I couldn't play it when it first came out. We know yeah. that. But now that it's patched up... And you know what? Again, it just makes me think more the pity because it was a game I really enjoyed and a lot of people would have enjoyed had it worked, mm. you know? Did you play it? Me? Yeah. No, I, I reviewed it, which means I just read the press release and oh, sent yeah. the score on the end. But, um, so you did, you did the uh, stealth missions then? Yeah, I mean, I, I played it. Um, yeah. yeah, I played it when it came well before when it came out actually. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, fell through the map a few times. I thought times. it had like. Uh, I thought it had the best stealth since the first one. I actually. But I think it had the worst combat in the last that, that any of the last few Assassin's Creeds have as had. A, in pure gameplay terms, I enjoyed it more than any other Assassin's Creed I've played. It was, you yeah. know, a, a, the glitches were shitty. We all know that. Uh, I felt Ubisoft, mm. like, shoving its big Ubisoft business cock in my mouth uh, every few minutes was grotesque. Um, having to turn pop up. They patched that I out heard now that, as well. Yeah, that, was, that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to hawk apps yeah. at you, banging on about microtransactions, all this shite. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm glad they got rid of that. Well, or at least got rid of the 
but as an actual as an actual game I really I mean there's an so there's a lot of guff in it but some of the side missions that you might never encounter are so great like there was like four different missions where you're sorting out Napoleon's love life mm-hmm. And they're just fun, silly little missions, and I loved it. I was just like, this is such a nice little touch, and why can't they have more of this and less of the collect six things yeah. and Collect all stuff. the things <laughs> and do a thing. Mm. And wow, this city. Jesus, Paris is, is amazing. Oh, it's incredible. I'm going there soon, and I can't wait now because of that game. <laughs> Did either of you see the the uh, Canaan Lynch game that got cancelled that the footage came out of this what? week? No, that's, what, what a that's tragedy. relevant to my interests <laughs> because I have. That's my holy grail. Is a a Canaan Lynch game good enough to uh, justify the the actual promise of the characters and the world? Like I love the I love the fact that Canaan Lynch's characters are like the worst people, and the world they're in is the worst. And I've always been frustrated that the games themselves never live up to what I want out of that. But I'm, I miss that. I'm trying to find it now. I'm sure it was Kane and Lynch. Where is it? Um, I hope I haven't got your hopes up and that this was some other game. I'm sure it was Kane and Lynch. Um, All I can hear is just rumbling mechanical keyboard going... This is riveting internet radio. It's like Laura's, yeah. Laura's having a rave. I'm, I'm finding... I'm finding <laughs> There's a rave in the pub um, next door. <laughs> yeah, because people, people are asking me about it in the Twitter questions, being like, oh yeah, what... Um, like, lots of people are asking, what game that got cancelled um, would you wish you could have seen, like, could have come out? Um, yes, oh, sorry, it's not Kane and Lynch. I uh, apologise. It was Legacy of Kane. Oh! Sorry. I'm very sorry, Jim. I'm sorry I got that's your hopes te- up there for a that's second. That's technically more interesting to the world, but less interesting yeah. to me yeah. because so, my priorities are wrong. Yeah. No. Sorry. So this I'll was... tell you what was disappointing that got cancelled was um, Prey 2. That looked like it had a lot of, uh, a lot of potential. Mm. And I didn't even like the first the, one. The games that have been cancelled that I'm upset about and that are never coming out no matter what the internet says are Beyond Good and Evil 2 and The Last Guardian. Because mm-hmm. they've clearly been cancelled at this point. <laughs> um, I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll get The Last Guardian I, I next we, year, I actually. I think we will. But, yeah, mm. it's fun to joke that they're not coming. But, yeah, no, apparently there was a Legacy of Kane Dead Sun game that was... Like, footage has surfaced of that is just not coming out now. Well, they had to work on their free-to-play did, um, game, didn't they? Did Beyond Good and Evil do well um, commercially? Is there an actual reason they haven't done another one? Or, it, did well like, enough, did it, sell? it did well enough commercially to like justify another one. I feel and, like it would sell a lot better in this climate yeah. with how the, the gaming um, audience has evolved. Yeah, well, the first one was, like, really, really well critically received and sold well mm. enough. Mm. And they keep saying it's coming, but I don't believe them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they keep using it to leverage other things. It's like, oh, well, we might, we might make it if this game sells well. Buy this game, guys. And I, which I find very tasteless and annoying. Um, but there you go. I had a really grim, a really grim dark thought the other day, actually, about Half-Life 3. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should share. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Go on. But it was just like, imagine how many Half-Life fans will be dead and never get to see the ending between the time 
Half Life Two ended and Half Life oh, Three is coming. Very, out. that's very existentialist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kirby came out. It was happy and smiley. Let's forget what about what Gavin just said. Um, I don't know why I'm in such a sing-songy nah. mood tonight. I'm just like, oh, there's a song <laughs> in my time. head. Um, Gotta get it out. Faith on a forty-five. That's the game I've always wanted that was cancelled and never came out. It was a co-op game about a kind of a Bonnie and Clyde type thing, uh, a guy mm. and a girl um, shooting out and stuff, and like like mm. Faith would throw things like sh- you could throw gas canisters, and sh- uh, one player would throw it, and the other one would shoot it to take things out. If one of them got killed, uh, like knocked down, they'd revive them by kissing each other and stuff. Like it was this real yeah. Bonnie and Clyde type thing, and then just was cancelled uh, quite a long time ago now, and never seen the light of day again. I think the one that I'm disappointed about is Six Days in Fallujah. Not because of the game itself, necessarily, but I really, like, I would love to be able to see, like, another dimension and the other split in the timeline where that game came out when it was initially going to. Mm-hmm. I'd be very interested, like, I would be fascinated to know where the industry would have gone with Six Days in Fallujah coming yeah. out. Because, like, from what we saw of that game, it seemed like it was a fairly respectful war game. And that might have been a very interesting thing to see released at that time. I mean, it's 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 kind mm. of sad that when a game that tried to be a very respectful war game gets cancelled, and the guns mm. and glory, gung-ho, yippee ki stuff is, you know, greenlit shoot constantly. A, shoot, a bullet, shoot a bullet in its, in its arse. Yeah. Like... Every bullet has arses. You can shoot the bullets in the arse. Bullets everywhere. Guns, blood, gore. Like, that can exist. But a game that tries to essentially be a a documentary about an ongoing conflict can't exist. I mean, it's, it's telling that the more respectful, serious, and real a game tries to be, the more it mm. gets accused of glorification of something and being tasteless and, and being, you know, yeah. uh, touching an off-limit topic. It's just a weird way we have as audiences of looking at things where, you know, the more you remove something, the more glorious you make your thing, the less it gets accused of glorification and being tasteless. It's, it's, it's a very odd sort of environment we have. So I suppose people, people, I suppose, just react more viscerally to realistic violence, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Or authentic feeling violence, yeah. It's the connection of having the word game attached to it and, like, not having the the level of distance between... The the level of distance between this is a game because it... Like, this is clearly a game because it's not realistic and, oh, this is realistic, then, oh, oh, you can't have someone playing a realistic thing yeah mm. yeah it would have been nice to have uh, at least at least seen what it could have done in the yeah. industry but it might not have been anything special but their mistake I would have yeah I'd have liked okay. to see that game exist yeah. when yeah. it was their mistake out. was going with Konami because Konami is Konami yeah oh goodness yeah. Van, Van Buren was a sad cancellation as well mm. And the Streets of Rage, when that was... they showed footage of the Streets of Rage uh, game they were going to do. Oh, I miss yeah, that. That's... Actually, I was really sad that we never got that re-release of all the Rogue Squadron games as well. That the footage, the trailers off surfaced. Mm-hmm. Like, there was going to be a trilogy re-release on the 
I think it was on the Wii generation. Yeah. There was another game got cancelled this week, actually. And it was a re... I can't remember what it's called, but it was that remake they showed last year. Was it at E3, I think? Oh, Phantom Some Dust. remake of something where... Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah, the studio and oh, stuff. Yeah, that was a, like, wasn't got, that a really, a really recent cancellation? Mm-hmm, studio got fucked and everything. Like, really, really unfortunate news. You know what cancellation fucking sucked? All of the patches for Modern Warfare 2 when Infinity Ward got all fired. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that really sucked. Because if they had patched up that game, it would have probably been the best multiplayer shooter I've ever played. And then, sadly, it just... Never got patched and always was shit. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Goodness, do we have... Is, is there anything else we can talk about? Or is that just... I think we should uh, end it on a depressing, let-down note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Started, started the episode all laughing and giggling and singing. And then... <sighs> you always have to be so mean, Vivian. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's fine. I can do I can do a nice um happy uplifting song to to bring us back together. So uh, yeah. video games, video games. They're really happy, awesome, uh, awesome, happy. Really, except, uh, except, 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 except the times they suck and the balls. There we yeah. go. You put that on your album if you want, Gav. Ooh. Oh. Holy shit! You get that for free, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so. I guess there's nothing left but to tell the world what we're up to. Laura, what are you up to? Where can we support you and all this stuff? All that stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at Laura K Buzz. If you want to give me money to continue doing all the stuff that I do, you can support me on patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. That's where all the money comes in and keeps me going. You can search on iTunes for Laura K Buzz and all of my podcasts show up now. So if you just type in Laura K Buzz, they all pop up. Because I got a little aggregation page because I do too That's many clever, podcasts. That's clever because you do do a lot. They're like, okay. Yeah, iTunes were like, hey, do you want us to set up like a keyword that will make all your podcasts appear? I was like, yeah, that okay. would probably really help. So, yeah, and then otherwise, just I talk about butts on Destructoids YouTube channel. I have my own YouTube channel at um, YouTube slash Laura K Buzz that I sometimes use, and yeah. That's me. Excellent. And Gavin, you, the the man who does some you, music uh, on the internet, how can we find out about all that stuff? You can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, where I talk about all the projects I'm doing, which at the moment is kind of too many to talk about, and I'm not allowed to talk about some of them, which usually, as most people can imagine, means it's good news because it's a cool project. Ah. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Miracle of Sound on Twitter and you can watch me on YouTube or you can go to my iTunes or Bandcamp and buy my albums so that I can keep making more albums. Splendid and tremendous. Yeah. Um, you all know, mm. you know, listeners will know where to get my usual stuff. Do keep an eye on the Charnel House Trilogy, uh, which is a, uh, a horror adventure game of which I play a character. In which, rather, I play a character. I have a... A rather significant voice acting role in it. It is by Alcave Games, the folks who did Richard and Alice and Sepulchre. Uh, I am a. It is some of the creepiest stuff I've ever done uh, it, with relations to video games. And if you've been following my career for a while, you know that's saying quite a bit. Uh, so really looking forward to that. 
the best thing about Owl Games at the moment is that um, the god of gods from Goddess is doing composer, music composer yes, work for Owl yes. Games. Uh, Ashton Ray has contacted is really cool. um, the god of gods and Brian, Hen- Brian, Brian Henderson, Henderson and being like, yeah, do some work. So the game I'm working on um, has done more for the god of gods than Goddess has, which I am very amused by. But yes, the, the, the trailer for the Charnel House trilogy is uh, up. You can listen to it. I'm in the trailer and... Yes, so that's good. And you can read about it on indiehaven.com, which I think you retweeted our yes. article about it cuz well awesome. Yeah, you folks did um, yeah. an article on it. Awesome. And collusion ah! and ah! <laughs> I don't know why we became pterodactyls and that's that. Um to fly away from the collusion. Indeed. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um but that's one of several sort of oh, voice wait, wait. Oh, whoa, whoa, before shit. we finish. Somebody wanted Jim to sing The Darkness, and we promised that we would nag you to do it. Oh, because apparently you can hit the high note. I can. I'm not doing it now. Um, I can. I'll do I'll do it now. Why are you doing it now, then? I believe in a thing called love! I think I just broke my microphone. Uh, I had the mic. Go on, Jim. I had my mic. You have to you have really? to get me in a karaoke situation, otherwise I'm not doing it. It's um I I, get, I have too much anxiety related to singing. Uh, to it's fine. Would in, instead, everyone, what we'll do is I will sing that song in the style of Peter Molyneux. <laughs> mm, well, um, what you see is I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. There's a chance we can make it now, but you're going to have to trust my promises <laughs> on early act theft. This yeah. needs to be a thing. The, uh, this needs to be a thing every week that we do a song in different people's the voices. The thing about love. Let's do it in like Marcus Phoenix. Uh, Marcus Phoenix. I believe I, in a thing called love. I think we, we, we both started doing impersonations at the same time. That's just an awkward way to end. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to end it. Blah, 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 blah. I believe in a I'll do it as Iron Bull. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to do an Iron Bull impersonation here. I believe. Mm, no, hold on. I still can't do it. I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. I believe. I'm going to do it as. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it. I'm. I got a joke here. I'm gonna do it as Link from the Zelda games. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Oh, Laura. <laughs> this is why we love you. This is goodbye. This is why we love you. Goodbye. This is why we shouldn't have a podcast.